0: Hey there guys, I wanted to drop in real quick to talk to you about a brand new offer that I've put together just for you. It truly is going to revolutionize the way that you do business. I am offering a 90 minute strategy session that's also going to give you a visual roadmap that will guide you over the next six months to be able to accomplish any author goal you want to make happen. So here's the thing, we all need some one-on-one guidance sometimes. And the whole idea behind this is to give you the one-on-one personalized experience that you're really craving and get you on the road to your greatest success, right? That's all we really want for you. So if you're curious about how this is gonna work, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash visual map and learn more about it today. The indie author revolution has been around for more than a decade. But we indies continue to push the boundaries of what we're capable of. From getting over initial prejudices, to staring down perfectionism and author imposter syndrome, we've become a force to reckon with. Now after years of hustle and grind, we indies are rebelling again. Gone are the days of publishing a book a month until we drop, and in its place we're sowing the seeds of a better way. A way with more ease, abundance, and flow. Get ready to learn about indie authorship from a whole new perspective we're about to cover everything from releasing your poverty mentality to manifesting your millionaire author destiny. I'm Carissa Andrews and this is the Author Revolution podcast. Well, hi everyone. Welcome back to the Author Revolution podcast. I am super stoked about the today's podcast episode and the interview that we're going to be sharing because this is a long time coming, okay? So this conversation that I'm going to be sharing, I've been trying to get Mr. Joe Solari on the podcast for a few months now, actually, well before I knew that his group, his company, Author Ventures, would be taking over 20 Books Vegas as Author Nation. Yes, that's right. Today, I am talking with Joe Solari about Author Nation, but I'm also digging in just a little bit about his book Advantage, because I was reading it after InkersCon and I loved what he had to say there. And I love the information that he's sharing about human givens, about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, about the way that reading, and in specific, reading books actually fulfills needs of readers that they don't have in their own lives. There's something about that concept that just really resonates with me. And as I am looking at my own businesses, whether it be Author Revolution or whether it be my author businesses, I'm always looking for ways to make things better, right? To make things easier, to connect with my readers. And the book just kind of landed in my lap at the right time. But of course, it kind of got trumped a little bit by the news of Author Nation. And so in today's podcast episode, we're gonna talk all the things. We're gonna talk about you know, how this came about, what author nation is who's working with them what does the 2024 author nation conference look like why did it happen what happened to 20 books <laughs> like the whole thing we're talking about it all so if you are curious if you want to know you know what it's going to look like if you're curious about whether or not you should go to the conference in November hang tight it's going to be an amazing event but i'm going to let joe explain just how awesome it's going to be because this interview covers it all. So without further ado, let's get into it. Well, Joe, welcome to the Author Revolution podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. You've been on my list of people I've been trying to get on or have, have wanted to bring on for so long. I was reading your book, Advantage. You and I talked about that before we started, before all this craziness happened with the most iconic indie author conference being transitioned to some new hands. And while we're going to get to that in a second, (laughs) I want to make sure that I ground my listeners so that they know who you are, all the amazing things that you do. Uh, Do you want to tell your author story and your journey and kind of who you are, what you do, all the things?
1: Sure, sure. So, uh, and thanks for having me on. Like you said, we've been trying to get this (laughs) negotiated with schedules and stuff for a while. So it's it's awesome to be here and, and being able to chat. Uh, so my name is Joe Solari, and I help authors build great businesses. Uh, my focus has been on how authors that are looking to, you know, turn their creativity into kind of their best life. How can I help them use business practices and strategies to do that? I'll keep it brief. How I got into this was my wife is a nonfiction writer. She started writing back in two thousand fourteen, and That's great. Yeah, and those were the days where like formatting was it was yeah, like I remember those days well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's like this was not a, cutting through with a machete and and she came to me and was like, "Hey, I'm having issues with my uh my account I'm not getting paid." And I went in and looked into her KDP account and she hadn't set up the tax stuff properly. So the money was just accumulating and there was like 4 grand sitting in this account. Oh wow. <laughs> for a book about t-shirts and jeans that was mostly pictures. And so I suddenly got interested in publishing. So I've nice. <laughs> I, I, been, I've been, uh, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've run multiple businesses at the time I was in the oil and gas industry. And, but I, this was going to become like, I was going to be the tech guy. And I, I also was genuinely interested. And I started listening to like the SPF podcast and, you know, a couple other things to uh, Joanna Penn and just to try and get an idea of like how to do this stuff. And so one of the things I got introduced to early on was the 20 books group. And how that happened was when I sold the business, I decided I was going to write a book. And I wrote this book about business practices for creatives. And, you know, I thought my wife could make that kind of money. I'll be a a millionaire. Right. (laughs) So of the six books I sold, uh, <laughs> it was, it was mostly, it was mostly people in the 20 books group. And, um, this was early days. I think there was like 7,000 people, which I thought was, oh my God, a 7,000 then, Yeah. Yeah. Like it's 70,000 now. Right. Right. But I got involved in, uh, just answering business questions, like how to incorporate d- d- different kind of basic business practices to help authors. That led me to go to that first twenty books conference in two thousand and seventeen where I spoke. And that was the real eye-opening event for me to to see what was going on in what I call this golden age of content creation, that there was these these people coming from all walks of life collecting together in this community. And I just knew there was going to be somebody coming out of that that was going to be creating like iconic, pop culture, right? Like their characters and their stories were going to change the world in the context like Marvel or Star Wars has. I don't know who it who it's going to be, but it's just like, I had that vibe. I'm like, I got to be around this. Like I, this is like an opportunity of like being at, you know, a, a real paradigm shift in, in an industry. So I, I reached out to an old business partner of mine. Uh, we worked in this previous business and I said, Hey, I'm, at this conference and I'm meeting a lot of authors that are doing really well and they don't have any kind of support of round accounting business practices or setting even setting up a company would you be interested in doing that and she was like sure because she's an accountant i needed somebody who could do the books oh sure and um so i said well all right and i came home with two clients
0: that's to, great to,
1: oh, right wow. so and then and then that business grew to, you know, about 20 clients. And these are all folks that are doing very, very well, like multiple six-figure authors, multiple seven-figure authors we've got now, but folks that needed this kind of support. And and in that process, we went from just like, okay, we're doing your books and here's some structures you need to set up and let's minimize your taxes to really diving deep into this industry and trying to figure out how authors could, you know, market better and build a business that supports their best life. Right? Right. I think a lot of a lot of times we get sucked into this vortex around hitting a number like oh seven figures six oh, figures yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Right like and like there's this myth that like when you get there, there's like something magical happens and things get easier or like, it's not, and it's like, no, like (laughs) it's it's a hollow victory. It's like, oh, you did it. But like, oh, now you have more customers. Now you have more responsibility. Now you have more overhead. Like, and when you, what I've learned and what I hope to help authors that work with me or come to author nation do is understand, like figure out what your best life is. Because it might not have anything to do with the monetary number, or what it is costs a lot less than a million bucks to achieve. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah.
1: So I know that was a lot, but I think that's uh, kind of the.
0: No, that's great. So how has your author like? You've obviously written more than one book now. Like, have yeah. you enjoyed that process as you've continued onward with it from the author author side of things?
1: Yeah. So. It's part of my learning process. So I have this, you know, when I wrote Advantage, that was about really me discovering and and uh, trying to break down a problem that it was, I had a, a group of clients, I think it was about 12 at the time that were really successful. And when you talk to them, what they identified as the source of their success, a lot of times conflicted right? Because it'll be like, well, it's because I'm really good at Amazon ads, or it's because I'm really good at Facebook ads, or it's because I do live events. And so I was like, well, it can't because this one do like, do I need to make sure this one's doing this? And if they add this and that, would it work better? And as I, you know, going in and going through the process of writing a book and doing the research and pulling these ideas together really helps me to you know settle on a hypothesis and be like oh well, no it's not like with advantage it was this idea of like oh this is how the market really works it's very different than a supply and demand market right it's it's right. it's this winner take all market or popularity market whatever you want to call it and then what i found was the common denominator in all the success was community it was around how they were getting a, a group of readers to identify themselves to this brand and then find people like themselves and they did it in different ways. But when you combine, when you, when you get that working around your brand where you get a, a, and it doesn't have to be like all super fans, but it just needs to be that kind of common collective ideal and some way of those people to connect that, that feeds into all these systems that just perpetuates that winner take all market, right? Like you're feeding it what it wants and then it builds, right? Because part of this is, it's not just reading a book; it's having people to talk to about that book that agree with you that that book's awesome,
0: right? 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 Yeah.
1: Um, so then that you know, so the, and then the next thing I did was the uh, book called Attention, which came out of a whole different process where I was I, I do a, a a season of emails where I write forty five emails on a particular subject. And that was the series I did was called Game of Cults, where I was looking at like cult behavior and, and things that con men do and like social behaviors and how that ties into marketing because a lot of this stuff is sure. saved, right? Yeah. yeah. Um and and then I wrote those emails and I promised the, the the subscribers, the ones that were paying for that, that they would get a book. And then I started writing the book, and it was like, oh, out of that came like a process of applying the ideas that were an advantage, right? So like my analogy is like advantage was I invent the invention of the glue that they use on sticky notes. Like that glue has been around for decades. It wasn't until somebody figured out how to use that glue on a little pieces of paper that it became a billion dollar product. Right. Right. So it's like the ideas of advantage. A lot of people that read that book are like, Oh, that's great. But now what?
0: Okay. So
1: then the attention book became about like, okay, here's some ways you can build systems, right? You need to have a way to retain customers. You need to have a way for them to nurture themselves. Right. right? Not when you want to sell them a book, but like, hey, if, you know, I'm a potential reader that just has discovered your brand and I'm not necessarily the one-click voracious reader, but I need time to kind of know- who you are and is this the right genre for me? And I get a way to test it out and then I can read at my own pace. Do you have a system for me to kind of build my know, like, and trust with you on my pace? Right. And I think that's where all, you know, commerce needs to eventually go is that we're not, we're not trying to sell people, but we're ready to give them what they want when they're ready to buy.
0: Yep. Yep. I think that's a really powerful way to make that distinction too, because it takes the pressure off of authors who feel like I have to constantly be trying to sell my books to readers. It's more about being the attractor of those readers and just keeping them there. If if you're good at what you do.
1: Yeah. And you know, you've read the book, so you understand there's a lot of psychology in this stuff because mm-hmm. you know, where people manifest your story is Deep, deep inside their psychology, right? They're they're pulling in their own memories and associations, filling in the blanks with their own memories. They're they're, this stuff is all happening in parts of the brain that are the same places. Like you know, I talk about studies where they they use a functional MRI and they ask people questions about your character, like a character like Harry Potter, and the places where it lights up in the person's brain is the same places where they store their memories and associations for real human beings. Right. And you so inside your brain, in
0: the books too, when you're reading, you're in a hypnotic state like that. You're, yeah. you're being, yeah. It's very yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy almost. And that's where I started getting to some of this darker stuff around, like <laughs> around how cults build is because sure. you're literally like when, when, when readers are in their most favorable state. It's, it's like a hypnotic trance. They're in a mm. highly suggestible state Yep. and this and the stuff that's going on, you know, if you start thinking about how more about how they're creating relationships with your characters in that story world, right? The more you're building your marketing brand. Sure. Right? I'm yeah. not talking like stupid stuff, like product placement. I'm talking about like, yeah. they're thinking about this character. And there's, there's tons and tons of studies about this, about how people have these parasocial relationships and how deep they are. And, you know, what happened to communities when like shows like friends ended and like, right. All of but that even stuff. Avatar,
0: I remember when like that whole thing, um, avatar with the, you know, James Cameron's avatar, when yeah. the, the tree actually got blown up in that movie, there were, there were people that were like literally devastated because they had invested themselves so deeply into that, concept yeah. and it was like wow that's fascinating yeah yeah
1: yeah um you know that 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 stuff when you when you kind of take a step back as a creator and start thinking about more as a marketer it's like oh i have these super powerful tools that i can use for good
0: yeah, right.
1: hopefully, uh, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, um, but but that other people don't have, like, and that that's the thing is, you know, you want to have it be something that is really beneficial for you and the reader. And when that happens, guess what? Then you're not selling anymore. They're like, where's the next book? Where's the next book? Right. Where's the next book? I need to know what happens to this character. I need to know what happens in this world, right? Like, that's where we want to help people get to
0: yeah and that kind of explains too why the character development portion of planning your books are, is so important like if you if you skimp on that character development part, you're missing that component that can really tie the reader to your story to your world to your characters and, and have them coming back.
1: yeah yeah I, I talk about that human Givens psychology system in the mm-hmm. book. it's whether you look at that or higher uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs or any of these different psychology systems. There's things that if you don't have, you're going to have physical and mental problems. And I think like a big part of this is like, oh, belonging, status, hierarchy within a community. These are all like vital human needs that you have to meet. So like, if you create that, that's going to hook people in. Like if having that community becomes like it, it fulfills a social need, like. Sure. And how we identify ourselves. And the more, the the deeper that identity becomes, the more people are invested in your brand. So knowing that, like, how do you do that? Well, I also think there's this other part to it where some of those human needs are fulfilled by us vicariously getting them through a story, right?
0: I agree, yeah.
1: Right, you know, and seeing a character that may have the same kind of needs that you do, get their needs fulfilled becomes almost an educational or kind of therapeutic process. Right. Yep. So I I think, you know, the deeper people get into that kind of stuff, it isn't, it's good making a good story. It's making good character developments, having the arc, all that fun stuff. But when it's there, you're dripping a little bit It is like, well, I'm, I'm creating some of these characters so that I can tap into a certain type of audience that will then connect with that character thereby connect with my brand thereby buy more books
0: right right yeah the community aspect of that is so powerful and it's just like you said the the hierarchy of needs is is such an innate piece of us that when when we are fulfilling it i think you're so right when we're when we're reading those, because I'm thinking about I, Iron Flame and, you know, that, that series right now, and it's like, mm-hmm. just, just seeing the way that the, the story structure has been built and, like, the different story elements that have been pulled from, like, I can understand how that would make that, make that part of it so powerful for each of us who are reading it, because we're rooting for those characters, we're rooting for, the, you know, the different grade levels, we're, we're hoping that they survive, it's very Hunger Games-esque, it's, it's just, yeah, it makes total yeah. sense in my brain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I the, the, I think that it, when you see some of these books that resonate, like they have, it's because they've, they've, you know, almost amplified some of that stuff. They made it easier for you to access or, you know, it's like they, they make the stakes so much higher and, and, yeah. and that's, that's the ride we want to go on.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause our, our lives are kind of boring most of the time. Right. <laughs> we want yeah, yeah. some excitement. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> for sure.
0: So speaking of exciting news, let's talk about Author Nation because holy cow, this has been quite the the interesting turn of events here. So I adore I adore the name by the way. Author Nation is amazing. So do you Thank want you. to tell us a little bit about how Author Nation came to be and like the behind the scenes of learning that 20 Books Vegas was going to be passing the torch off? Like what what yeah. happened here?
1: So yeah, so 20 books Vegas is done. It's, it's, it's no longer a thing. And just so people are really clear on the situation while I an enormous amount of respect and props and consider both these guys, my friend, like there's no association of 20 books to, to author nation, the 20 books to 50 K group still continues to exist on Facebook, Facebook as that group, and Craig is still managing that group. And, you know, the brand is still owned by Allen VPN. There will still be 20 books conferences, mostly, they'll mainly be overseas. And that's Michael Anderley doing that with some of the stuff that he's doing around his overseas publishing stuff. Those guys, both for career and health reasons, came to the conclusion that they, they were done with that show and Craig was on the hook for 3 years of contracts still with the with the hotel. So what what my company Author Ventures did was we took the the liabilities of Craig Martel Inc from Caesar's Palace and we took that. So we're on the hook for those contracts for the next 3 years. And knowing that this you know we're going to we're we're kind of building off of that. We just want to just make it clear for everybody that brand wise, this isn't like 20 books, 2.0, Yeah. Um, you know? So I know some of that's kind of legalese stuff, but, but the, the point is, is why so, or I shouldn't say point is, so then the question becomes, is why would I do that? Like, what, what is it? Well, I, I told kind of that origin story of what I saw at that first 20 books. And I, I watched it grow. And most of my client base came from relationships around that show. And a lot of my clients, their success came early on for things they learned there to, to kind of leverage their careers or relationships that they made with maybe a co-writer or a publishing company. So I wanted to see that continue. I think it's a, it's a super important part of the community that, you know, and this kind of gets back to the advantage stuff is like, there's this, this really important author community that's there that needs a place to come to and hang out and do their stuff, and I, I I wanted to make sure that continued. And while I was trying to help figure out some ways to do that, it became clear that there's there wasn't going to be anybody but me that would step <laughs> up and sign those contracts. So like, uh oh, uh oh, yeah. And I, there was a lot of like, why you know, do I really want to do this? I you know, I've, I've I've got a lot of other cool stuff going on and it's going to impact other things. And, you know, I had a lot of walks with Suze and the dog talking about this before it came down. So in the end um, it just made sense to me and, and Craig was was supportive of it. And, and so, and, and then even kind of more behind the scenes, I have friends, actually very close friends that have run, Big conferences. So I was able to go and tap into those people as mentors and be like, hey, there's this thing. What would I be (laughs) getting myself into if I did this? Right. Right. Because it's not, it's not, well, I've run a lot of stuff and I consider myself a pretty good person at kind of, you know, building and maintaining operations. It's a new industry for me. Right. Sure. So,
0: sure. So, what is your vision for Author Nation? Like, is it, um, is it going to go beyond just like the November conference itself? Is it going to do more things than just that conference or like, is it just going to be the conference and that's it?
1: Oh, strap yourself in. Here we go. Uh, Um, (laughs) so, uh, I am only focused on, you know, the Vegas show and, and those three years that I've got these contracts. So like big, you know, like, those those dates are carved in stone. The location will be the horseshoe. Those contracts are immutable. Like, uh, I shouldn't say, we can add some things to them, but let's, like, there's no leaving. Okay. Like Yeah, because <laughs> that number is is huge. And, like, basically, they told Craig, like, his only way out of those things was to find somebody to take the contract or die. <laughs> oh, geez. I okay. mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. Like, there's literally, Yikes. like. You know, he said, "Like, hey, I just got out of the hospital. I was in, I was in ICU yeah. for seventy two hours. Uh, I think this thing is killing me." And they're like, "Well,
0: that's nice. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like we're okay. a Vegas
1: casino. We don't care. Like, right? <laughs> um.
0: Ooh.
1: So, it's back to your question, the what's going to change? So, a lot and not much. So." You know, the core essence of what this thing is, is this community of authors. And it's a community of authors that has some that have never published and that some that are are highly successful. And we want to keep that environment going. So we have to do things to, to deal with those different communities that are part of a big, one big community. So we're going to get a little better organized around that to help people navigate where they are. Now, that's not to say you have to follow how we think the things, but for me, I like to have key performance indicators. So the first two for me are tied to the author component, and that is how many people come that are not published. So about 12% of the community, if you look over all the years, is unpublished. So what can we do to make it where we get them up that learning curve in that week so that 9 months from then we could survey them and say of the 200 people that came that weren't published how many are now published and right. we'll use that as an indicator for is this conference successful or not we're helping people get their first book because while it's great to celebrate millionaire authors if you don't publish a book you can't get there like that's yep. the for, that was everybody's first step like yep right then the next thing is we have a pretty significant number of people that aren't profitable. So they publish some books and they're still not making money. So how many of those people can we get to where their books are break-even enterprise? So that's a second key performance indicator that we could through surveying, we could, we could see how we're doing on that. Right. So yeah. I I think when you start applying that kind of structure to the event, like it makes it really clear, like, oh, then we need to have content around those things. We need yeah. to have some, some tracks across domains. And, um, you know, the other kind of bigger shift is, is, you know, Craig had a lot of great volunteers, but a lot of that management was just him. Yeah. And I've, I've spread it out into a team. So if you were at the show, you saw I put a slide up. So I've, I've got a lot of people, I've got some people that were around before. They have the experience of running that show, but I brought in some people that are kind of subject matter experts right, to help pass around responsibilities and dr- address some of the things that people were maybe critical of in the past. Like how how do we get more diverse voices into to the show, right? So the way you do that is you bring more diversity in, right? Yeah. So there'll be some people helping kind of lay that out. The other big thing that's going to change is we're going to put an enormous amount of effort into the rave event which is the reader author vegas event which is the signing event and that's going to really kick off on Thursday night and run okay. till Friday night so okay. we're going to make it a event that readers will want to come to to meet their favorite authors get books signed and hang out because we build a community around our author community of readers where they, this gets back to the advantage stuff, right? If we're like, it becomes real simple for me when I analyze a business, where does all the money come from in this industry? It all comes from readers. Yep. Right. Yep. It may have take a securitist, securitist path, you know, through Amazon to you, but like, <laughs> it, it, right. Like it comes from readers. So what if we bring those readers closer, cut out as many middlemen as we can, And help you build relationships with your readers, like one-on-one. I know this might be scary for some people, but like this to me seems to be like a way that we can be relevant into the future is create a massive multi-genre reader event where we can be closer and closer to our customer and help them find find their tribe, right? Let's have all the lit RPG people find the other lit RPG people and the romance people find the romance people. And know that there's this place they can go once a year where they can get their weird on and know that everyone (laughs) there loves to read books and talk about books and hang out with authors. Or are they going to be like
0: clumped together so that those people have their community almost like together instead of like everybody being spread out or like what, what is the plan there?
1: So, uh, and we're still working out some of the logistics with the hotel space wise, but we have that whole space Mm. through Friday evening so we believe that the best use of that space will be to take the rave event and rather have it in one room we break it into kind of some higher level genre stuff so that we can give those people the opportunity to do what they want to do because there are communities like the lit rpg community and the science fiction community where they are already doing this kind of stuff in some respects and to have a place where they could like level it up there's authors that are like, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, you know, this is what we would want to have the ideal science fiction event look like.
0: Right. Um, right.
1: So, and there's, there's a lot of great like romance reader signings now that, I mean, you know, some of these things sell out in 10 minutes.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: So why, why, why do that? Well, Because we're all looking, like, in the end, we want to sell more books, right? So that becomes my third key indicator is, like, how many books do we sell at Rave? Like, that's a really concrete thing we can measure and say, like, am I helping you guys get in front of customers to sell books at this event? And some of the best customers, people that are prepared to come and spend more money than you would pay for a book to come to an event.
0: Right. Right.
1: So that becomes like, well, why do we do something like Kevin Smith? Why would we have Kevin Smith come? He's not an author per se. Well, he for me is somebody that one I've seen him speak before. I actually saw him speak in Minneapolis. He was amazing.
0: Nice. He'd be a little
1: salty, but he's, he's... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
0: doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Be prepared. Like if you don't like foul language. Please don't come. He will. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's somebody that, in my view, can talk about the independent creator spirit. He's been doing it for longer than anybody in a lot of different medium, and has moved from being an indie outcast to insider, maybe an outcast again to an insider. Like, and he's a funny guy. And there are people that are readers that would come to this event just to hear him speak right. so he is the bait to bring awareness of this event and to bring the you know a, a larger group of readers to that event so they'll on Thursday night we're going to have that that main showroom where we're going to bring readers in so that that's going to be where you know we'll actually sell out the space of that event because we're going to sell tickets to readers to come in and see that. And then they'll stick around until Friday evening. And we're going to have, we haven't announced some of these things. We're still working out pricing and things, but there's going to be other events going on other than just the signing. So they'll certainly so events be
0: inside a, the event. kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll That's definitely
1: cool. be doing like, the obvious thing is there's going to be some, some author panels, but they will be reader facing. Right. So, yeah, you know, we've got, amazing group of post-apoc authors that always come every year having them there and their readers coming and them talking post-apoc not how to write post-apoc books but like you know fandom stuff yeah yeah
0: yeah. super Um, cool
1: yeah so that's the kind of thing we're we're doing i've had a lot of positive feedback i've had some people that aren't so interested in that but it's that's our vision for how we can make this thing relevant for the next three to five years is that it's like, do you, have you met an author that said, you know, I've got enough readers. (laughs) Probably not. No, no. no. Like (laughs) it's like, so how how do we, how, well, here's a place where I can apply some of my strategies like that from like, I'm a, I consider myself a creator too. And like, this is, this is my medium as i can use this to create i won't get it right 100% or the first but like how can i create something that becomes this this massive reader event where authors are like i have to be at this thing because i know i'll find new readers and i'll find the best read readers it. because these people are prepared to spend this kind of money to come to this thing well then guess what there's a feedback loop now we have more authors coming that are higher quality
0: mm-hmm.
1: right yep. which then helps the newer authors And then when we build in tracks, we're like, hey, I know you are like completely overwhelmed about this idea about selling live. Like you're breaking out in hives, just reading the program, (laughs) go through just this year. Don't think about coming to to rave other than to just walk it. But if this is something you're interested in, go to see these people speak and you will learn if this is right for you or not. Sure. And if it is right for you then what is the things you need to get in place so that you come next year and attend rave as, as with a table and do it the right way. Right. Yep. Yep. So, so I think if I was to distill this down, uh, I would say this 20 books had a a really inclusive vibe. Doesn't matter where you are in your career. Come. But it really did celebrate monetary success. Okay. It was about who's making the big bucks. Come up on stage and tell us how you did it. We're going to be a little more focused on we're still inclusive. Everyone come here. We're more inclusive, though, because what we're saying is, you know, we're going to help you get to this spot. But when you get to the spot where you're like break even, you're, you're, and you're deciding now. Let's not just talk about money. Let's talk about you living your best life through reading, through writing. So what does it mean for you to live your best life through writing? It might mean you only make $40,000 a year because that's fits with what you want to do. Right. Let's celebrate that. I love
0: that. I love that a lot.
1: Yeah. And so one of the things I uh, we're thinking through is like, Early on, like early on having a, a session that's like a go-to-market session. So we're going to come to this session and learn all the different ways to go to market. You can go wide, you can go KU, you can use Kickstarter, you can do subscriptions, you can do, uh, you know, there's all these different ways. There's a early lot. Early on. There's a lot now. I mean, there is, <laughs> and, and there'll be more. Like we can't keep, we, yeah. but like the, the idea of like, I've never seen a session where it's like, here's the pros and cons of doing these things. We're going to take, we're going to take an hour. We're going to go through each one of these. We're going to lay this out and we're going to analyze it. And under, because more, most authors come in and they're like, well, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. It's like, no, like if you're going to do something like, I, I, I know people that make a lot of money writing on using something like Royal road, a free platform as part of their go-to-market strategy. Right, and then, when you understand their mechanics of like, oh, but first, they're actually like they they wrote onto that platform for for a long time and weren't making any money. And then they started making money on Patreon, right? so now now like this is counterintuitive to most other things because really, their arc readers, the people that are getting the the Ross form of their stuff, are paying money for that. Mm-hmm. Who would have thunk? Okay that doesn't happen if you're a KU person right that then then after somebody's paid for it then they go and put it free and then later on they move it onto these other platforms and sell it again a different way maybe an audio like that sounds really cool but are you built for it like are you ready to write a chapter a week are you willing to you know diligently put these chapters out every week for a year or two before anybody even gives a about your work. Right? Like <laughs> yep. there, these are there's there's these cons to it. Don't just look at like, oh, this particular person made this money. Look at like this is the path. So those are the kind of things we're thinking about differently, I think because, you know, we've been to a lot of different conferences and seen some different things. and we're like, well, how can we differentiate things and make it where yeah. this is really valuable? And I, I like, there's I a lot that of ideas.
0: Yeah, it yeah. makes so much sense, too, because there was that, you know, that integral moment back in 2017, 2018, when 20 books really kind of came on the scene and everyone's like, oh, my God, I didn't know I could write that fast. And, and now that's why I'm not earning enough. OK, but there's a lot of us, again, b- talking about being built the way to be able to handle it. Not all of us are built in the, in the way of being able to write a book a month and publish a book a month and go as fast as Craig and, yeah. and <laughs> Michael have been able to go. And so it's like, then there's a, a section of authors who felt like they were failing because they weren't going as fast as humanly possible or, or like superhumanly possible to some yeah.
1: people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then, you know, and, and then along comes somebody like Russell Nolte and, and uh, Monica Lionel talking about the the Kickstarter strategy that Russell had been working on. Yeah. And how it, it it's like, oh, this is what I do. I write a book, I drop it on Kickstarter. I don't make a bunch of money. I make you know, I make it, it's it's been increasing over time. Now I know he's making a lot of money because he's been doing this a while. But like yep. in the beginning, he was basically trying to stay revenue neutral. Yeah. For me, that's a brilliant idea. And then like what the magic one, he first was explaining this to me was is like, oh, and then I take all the books and I do a rapid release on Amazon because that's what Amazon wants. And favors, mm-hmm. but I do it after. Like I've created this other audience over here that's well served and loves me. They're not going to buy over here, right? And I do it again over here, and it's like, oh, brilliant model that serves a huge, huge part of the the uh, the marketplace. But do they understand all the part working parts? Are they prepared to like? That means you're running Kickstarter launches routinely. Now you're going over to. Like, do you know what you're getting yourself into? Look at the good and the bad.
0: Right.
1: And have um, a standard
0: operating procedure put in place so you know what you're doing each time. <laughs>
1: yeah. But but to your, to your point, like the idea of like that, that th- those kind of models need to start having some visibility. Mm-hmm. Like that's part of the diversity too. Is like, hey, I'm over here and I'm, you know, I'm a mom and I've got these things going in my life and my best life is I, I want to be able to be at little league games and recitals. And so this is what I'm doing and this is how I do it. Right. That, that that's a great model. You know, I remember seeing Steve Higgs in Madrid and he's like, here's how I did it. Like I realized I could write a book in 70 hours. No. Oh, <laughs> right. And then he, he just figured like all of the ways to eliminate, Hours that weren't writing book. Okay. And so it's like I like, like family, marketing, book writing. This is my life. Now, yeah. some people would see that presentation and be like, this is what I needed at the start of my career. Now I understand how, how hard this is going to be and the kind of work I'm going to do, and I'm prepared to do it. Other people would see that and say, That's not my best life. <laughs> this not the my one. best <laughs> life. Right. Like and and, and that and that's that's the right decision, right? <laughs> but if that's all you get is like the you know, and I think that that became. I, I don't think it was necessarily the case. I think the Vegas show was trying to bring other things into it, but the brand became synonymous with. Oh yeah, right. Fast, put it in Ku. Just keep going, right? Yep. yep. Um, now. And this isn't just that show, but all shows. I think if you've been to many of these shows, you should reflect on who in the past has been speaking on stage, and are they still around? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that because there are a lot of people who have burned right the heck out, (laughs) and they just you know (laughs) and they just can't keep going. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of people that were like crushing it and doing that, and 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 now they're they're not and it's like okay well that model wasn't sustainable not even for you yep
0: yeah. um, that was one of the things that when i was first trying to create the the program rapid release roadmap i was trying to i had so many authors who were trying to come to me trying to figure out how to juggle you know the moving components of having multiple books a year going on and it was it, it was then where i was like okay i can explain the different models but there's no way i'm i could justify teaching them to go as fast as humanly possible because even myself i was like this is not sustainable i can't i can't do this and so i had to like bring it all in to like four books a year is what i recommend just because it's still doable if you have another job you don't even have to go that fast though it's like i i try mm-hmm. to explain to them like look that's you don't have to even go that fast. It it can be smaller. You can just find what's mo- more sustainable for you. But it's really about that juggling aspect of having, you know, the backlist you're trying to market and the book that you know you're going to be planning. And then the book that you're writing on right now. And it, like it, it's all those things, those components. But the sustainability was huge because I, I could I could feel myself burning out. And that was in 2018, 2019,
1: somewhere in Yeah, the- for sure. And and so one of the, my observations is, is that it's not about releasing fast it's about releasing it regular regularly yeah it's like having having like it's it's like like apple right every year same time of the year they release these phones yep they, they uh, some of these things are incremental changes but it's not about that it's about a business and people having that re- reliability like, yeah. yeah exactly the expectation that's the word i was looking for oh it's it's that time right, yep, and and they know it's going to drive things synonymous to their backlist. It's like, okay, a bunch of people are going to upgrade, people are going to, you know, maybe they're not going to buy the newest phone, but they're going to move up a few more phones. you know, all that kind of stuff just drives mm-hmm. their business. And I think the days of being able to get in fast into an underserved market through rapid release they're they're gone being a regular releaser is important because whatever you kind of get your fans used to seeing as books coming out, they're going to be expecting it. And that's where things get weird is when you're like, oh, this book came out, I put out the first two really quick. And then the next one came out like three months later, then the next one, six months later, it just, it it makes it hard for fans to get that part of the, they don't feel confident in that part of the product the regularity right. of it coming out, and and especially in certain genres, like I've, I've, I've explained to especially newer authors, it's like there's people that are going to wait until book three comes out. Like if you're writing epic fantasy, <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Like especially like and like you read epic fantasy, do don't you? And oh, I love it. It's my favorite. It's like, do you ever buy just book one when it says book one and then there's a pre order and there's no no? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> like, okay, well, why do you think they're, all the other people are going to do it for you?
0: Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and usually it's like, if you buy the first book and you know that more are coming out, it's like, I will just buy it sometimes and let it sit there and wait until the next ones are coming out. Yeah.
1: I yeah, don't like, even read it.
0: I don't even start it.
1: Yeah. that That's really interesting, right? Like the, under, like really thinking about that behavior and like, oh yeah, like why why isn't it taking off? It's like, well, because they're window shopping. They they think yeah. your cover's cool. They think the premise is cool, but they're not gonna they're not gonna invest until they know that you're gonna here's the other thing a lot of indie authors have done is they've disappointed the community because they start a series and they don't finish it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that starts too. It's like there's a there's this mentality that if you start it and you're not seeing sales right away, then oh, you'll just cut your losses and start something new. But yeah. I I think it's it does, it works against you because readers get invested in those characters' lives. And then you cut them off and they're like, well, screw you.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, and I'm not I'm, from, from a business standpoint, that's probably the right decision to make, like cut bait and go. But mm. just understand that collectively the, the, the number of authors that have done that or have, you know, bought a bunch of covers and like, I'm going to write this series and they write one or two books and then they flake off that has left people with a sour taste in their mouth. And so they're like, For sure. I, I got other stuff I'm reading did you see my to be read pile like, I'll just wait like and and then yeah. I, that looks interesting but I'll wait until you know there's eight books in this series
0: right well I didn't even and read then, the Akitar series until there was all five of them out. <laughs> like and I know there's probably going to be a six but I'm like I finally just started reading those like a, a few months ago yeah and it was sitting there I had them I just didn't want to touch them yet
1: <laughs> yeah and, and I think and and, and that's that's the way. That's behavior. That's behavior. Yeah. And when you start to think about that, and you, you know, it's like we. Uh, this happens a lot when we do a lot of marketing stuff where we we build these read these email sequences based on books, and people are like, "Well, it's not working." And it's like, no, it's working. They're just off reading the book. Like, not everybody reads the book the day it comes out. Yep. Right. A lot of people like like you just said, it's sitting around and. You shouldn't care whether they read the book today or they read it six months from now, just as long as they read it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because then you've got that that wonderful hypnotic juju going on. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, <ooh>. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I have to say that I do love that you, you talked briefly earlier on that you're building a team outward. Right. And mm-hmm. I love that Craig Martell is actually going to be part of the author nation as the scholarship coordinator, which I think is really yeah. cool. It brings, brings that kind of element across board. How did that happen? Like, was it his recommendation or was it yours? Like, how did he get pulled in?
1: So, you know, w- when we did this, Craig, Craig's a very generous person and he was like, what he, w- what he wanted going forward is, to just be able to come to the show and not have the stress of the show,
0: yeah, right? yeah. So I was
1: like, dude, if you want to just come and you know, that's great, but there's also this piece of what the show has always been about helping the community, and our approach is going to be a little bit different. Like Craig was trying to run this thing basically just at cost. I, I'm trying to build an event, so I need money to come in so that I can reinvest it in the show and do things that are. And we, we the, um, just, you know, we're, we'll be starting to announce some of our sponsors. We're having amazing, amazing response from people wanting to help grow the show. Sweet. That's awesome. So, but one of the things that happens is like every time we're, we're, my wife, Suze, is our strategic partner person. So she's talking with them and we'll get towards the end of a deal. And then like after they've kind of decided what they're <laughs> going to buy, and then she'll be like, and how many, how many sponsors uh, scholarships can we put you down for Nice. Right? So, what Craig will be doing at the show is he'll continue to be doing what he was kind of doing in the, you know, helping people that are maybe financially disadvantaged um, That's great. get their shot. So, we've set a goal of raising $20,000 this year that we can then put into scholarships in a v- variety of ways. So, then that money will go to Craig, and Craig will then decide how it's going to be kind of doled out now in some cases where a sponsor is like, Hey, I'll give you this much. You know, he's going to say this came from the sponsor and they'll, they'll probably be some like that. They want to do, you know, pay for two tickets or they want to pay for a ticket and airfare or a ticket in a hotel room, whatever it might be like, well, we're kind of working through those details, but the whole idea of having Craig there so he can still be participating in the show's, continued success right like we're building our dna is is off of that right yeah and and giving him he still needs that right and my hope is that by doing this it's the right mix for him of him feeling that he's still continuing to contribute to the community in the way he wants to without having to deal with all the headaches right because this thing comes like it sounds horrible but there's a portion of this community that's a reason why he's not doing this anymore, sure, sure, um, yeah,
0: I can understand that-, that there's there's small groups, well, maybe large groups too i'm I'm thankful that my community seems to be very understanding and open, but I think that's something I've tried to deliberately nurture but there there are certain like little components where people just get very i don't know persnickety, I guess <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, well, you know and and so one of the things you may have observed we haven't started a facebook group
0: sure sure
1: and there's there's this is deliberate We're, we're anybody that's interested in communicating about the show or learning more we have an email list they can sign up for
0: Mm -hmm. and i
1: i I, anybody that replies to me and asks questions about the show or wants to rant at me i reply to every single email
0: oh my gosh
1: yeah because i want it to be is just like if you walked up to me on the street and wanted to ask me questions, or just like we're doing now. My only thing is, I don't want the mob to be injecting <laughs> their thoughts about our conversation. It's you sure. and I talking. Yeah, yeah. We may come to the conclusion that we're not right for each other, and this isn't your show anymore. And God bless America. We'll go our do our things. <laughs> uh, it, but a lot of the times, it's it's better because you get to voice what you really want to say sure. and, and that feel that you have this community, you know, certain people that are going to inject in Mm -hmm. and, and then I can explain things and like, here's my viewpoint. I'm not saying I got it right. I'm just saying like, I'm the guy, like Craig's done. I've picked up the ball and run with it. How I run the rest of this field is, is up to me now. Absolutely. Here's the right. Here's the other thing is if you, if, if you have opinions about it and you like, there are two committees where people can come beyond them. Right. And help.
0: Yeah. 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 I think that's a, a smart move because I mean that 20 books community on Facebook, it it was a full it's it is a full time job for Craig and, and the people who are running it just on its own. And yes. so it's like we we sometimes forget that like we're still trying to create our own things here, guys. Like we have yeah. where this is not just our life. Like <laughs> the the conference is just, not just our life. The group is not just our life. There, there there are other things we're creating, and it it's a lot of work. It really is.
1: Yeah, and and then a lot of times what I can do is I can actually address what a lot of the issues are. That it's whether the show makes a profit or not is not what you care about. What you no. care about is is am I going to get left behind because mm. I don't have the money? Am I, you know, like it, it, it's, it all goes back to people's personal feels fears and concerns sure. about what's happening to them in the industry. Right. And, and this is a hard business. And it's like, if you know me and you've seen what I do, like, we're, we're, I can't write the book for you. Right. <laughs> and if you're, and if your book sucks, you're not going to succeed, but I'm trying to do everything possible with the tools that I have to make it so that, we tilt the probability of your success, you know, towards success, not towards failure. Right. And, and, and th- that's kind of our focus. And if you kind of see how I'm thinking about like, Hey, how do I know I'm doing a good job? Well, if I help more authors get published, right. If if we have a, if, if we get that and just, we don't know, because no, no one's ever done this before, but let's say that we find out that we can get about 50% of those people published and we can through our criteria and changing things, we get that to 60%. Most of those people are not going to be successful because that's how the market plays out, right? Sure. But there's going to be some of those people that are wildly successful. And those that aren't successful, maybe it's just some things that they need to fix in their books that will then get them to success. But like the, the only way to know is to take the risk and make that book a reality in the marketplace. Yep. So, I'm not saying I can make your book successful. I'm saying I can get your book pub- help you get your book published. Right. Right. right? And and yeah. and I think that 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 kind of attitude is through our whole team is the same thing.
0: That's great. Okay. So speaking of the team, I've been watching your social medias, which are awesome, by the way. So many good questions and things that are going on in there. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's that's, so that's great.
1: Isabella. She's doing an amazing. Job.
0: She's doing great and obviously you've got a lot a great team that's going on some amazing names some that have even been on this podcast before obviously Craig um but did you want to give a shout out to some of the others who are on your show? Sure
1: team? sure so um right away the first two people that um well the first one was my, my wife Sue's like she, <laughs> she she's half owner in the show like like it that's the other thing to keep in mind is like her if she didn't say, yeah, we're going to do this, it wouldn't have happened. Right. So she understands right. the risk that we're taking and what we're doing. And, and it is impacting our lives, right? Because we our plan was to be moving this year and it's like, we're not moving this year. Like we where were you sure going to move? Off. Well, so we're um, our, our kids are um, in college. Now we have twin boys. And so we always had this plan is when they were done with high school and we were going to move someplace that was a little more, Temperate, right? We weren't thinking North, sure. North Carolina. Like, I know you're. Like, what are you talking about? I'm in Minnesota,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it's temperate. Well, I have a son that just moved to Florida, so I get it. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'll tell you, temperate. I got snow in June, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? My husband Colin is always like, "Why do we live where there's seven months of snow?" Like, I have no idea. He's from England, so he he really
1: hates it. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, um, yeah. So she's she's a strategic partner uh manager so she's working with vendors and our industry people to make sure and we're doing and she's doing things like we're reaching out to a, a wider breadth of people trying to get more services available for authors so they can be introduced to other technologies and other things and oh, cool. figuring out some ways oh, to cool. do some cool stuff with the show and then after that to, to two big ones that i knew we were going to do is Brought in Shell Honaker to manage the programming committee and Nora Phoenix to manage our professional conduct committee. And the idea there is to have play like there's a lot of people that are saying, Hey, we want more diverse, diverse voices. We want to have some more saying things. And it's like, Oh, well, cool. here's you can say, you can say, or you can do. Right. If you do, I'm all ears. We've I've given you a great place to come and be part of that and work with those people to to do things around how we as a community interact with each other. Right. You know, this is a professional show. You're here to represent your own brand and you're hanging out with other people that are trying to uh, represent and protect their brand. So if you come here and act like it's spring break or summer camp, like, that's not cool. <laughs> right. Right. Like, especially when we bring readers in right and there's going to be influencers are going to start coming to this thing there's there's going to be we're going to be in a situation where you need to be thinking about how you present professionally how you come not as a taker but as a giver right because you're going to you're going to get way more out of this is if you're thinking about how every conversation you have you can contribute to in a positive way these are all mm-hmm. things that I think need to be taught in the industry. It's not just like we need to make a bunch of rules and say this is all you got to do at our show. It's like, hey, no one's doing this stuff. Like, have you ever thought about like what it means to be professional, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at how they're building out their teams, there's there's some strengths on those teams too. And we'll we'll get to the who's on their teams when they're prepared to announce their sure. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then Shell, Shell's been, you know, she's the the publisher of Indie Author Magazine. She's got vast experience in, in teaching systems and running TEDx in Austin. And so she comes with this whole okay. set of skills around that. Now we did seed that team with folks outside of the 20 books. So there is a lot, there's like voices that are on that team that, come from wide from the win and from just, you know, people that haven't, haven't necessarily been in tw- the, the 20 books community, because okay. we want to get more of that in there. Yep. Um, then um, we've still got Jamie Davis and Jen Green, who are going to be uh, the show managers. So they're the ones that are like on the floor, making everything happen. Nice. Um, and that's great to have them come back and, and do that work. Tammy Martell, Craig's sister, is coming back to manage registration. So she's, she, she does, it's not just like getting people checked in, which she does an amazing job. And it's also, she's kind of like the switchboard for the place. So having that, that and, and, and people feeling comfortable, they can come up to her and, and then she knows who to contact, right? She's got the phone numbers like, oh, this is probably a thing for this person or that. Like, so we, we need that. I brought in Mandy Stevens who runs orb Uh, Mandy's running rave. So we have somebody full-time focused on the rave event who's run reader events for nine years. So that was, you know, it was always been a volunteer thing and kind of, you know, not given a lot of resources. Well, she's, she's heading up that process and that team. Who else do we have? That's um, well, there's Isabella who is, She's my assistant. She's been working with me for um, over a year, and she brings kind of a younger voice and this focus on social media. So she's running our social media and doing a great job. Yeah, great job. Yeah. Re- just spun that stuff up like, like within and out. Like it was all set up, ready to go when the announcement happened. I don't know if you That's noticed. So like,
0: great, I did. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So like, w- there's been a lot of planning and discussion in the behind the scenes, and and then. Uh, this is a bit of a scoop for you. Uh, we're going to be having a, a podcast starting in January. Yeah. That's awesome. And, yeah. And um, Kevin Tumlinson is going to be the host of it. Okay. So it kind of, he's, so he's, he's, yeah. And so it'll be interesting because we'll be, you know, interviewing sponsors and authors, and that'll be kind of our way of kind of educating people about, what to expect from the show and, and introducing nice. some of these concepts and giving people some ideas. Do we so, know
0: what it's going to be called?
1: Uh, Author nation podcast. I, I will, that's all I know at this point, but that's like, we're actually the first bunch of episodes. We're we're going to be recording soon. So um, that's great. that will be coming out. Yeah. So there'll be some more people we're adding that will uh, be helping out. Um, we still have to, figure some things out with how we're doing the volunteer coordination and the the space monitoring people. And so there's there's still some more names coming out. But I, I th- and then um Bonnie Paulson is heading up our marketing and advertising. So awesome. She I she, love she is so fun. <laughs> yeah. And she's a blast to see if you ever get to see her present. It's like, she is.
0: She is incredible. She was probably yeah. between her and Katie cross. Those are, they're my two favorites to watch on stage.
1: They're great. Yeah, yeah. 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 So good. And, and so, uh, you know, this year at 20 books, Vegas, the last show, we actually did the marketing for the rave event. Bonnie and I did. Oh, nice. And we only had six weeks but we had the biggest turnout ever.
0: That's great. we
1: ended up, we built a list of about 800 names and that was only focusing on the market, like a short period of time in the Las Vegas area. So probably February we'll start our marketing and it's going to be very aggressive for building up that show. We're going to have some pretty cool stuff. So she's amazing in what she can do. So it'll be, given it some more time and some more latitude to do it is going to be fun to see how it comes with. And then how all these pieces hook together too. like having professionally done podcast stuff that we can then hand off to Isabella on the social media side and, uh, to uh, Bonnie on the marketing and advertising we, side. It's just, yeah.
0: So good. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's like a, a dream team too. It's so many good people in there that I'm just like, it, it's going to be an incredible year. Um, yeah, 2024 is going to rock. I mean, and it's just yeah. the, the beginning of it. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and the hope is that this all become like, for me, everything should be teaching, right? Like this, we're, we're an educational event and we're trying to demonstrate to you how like, I, I, granted it's different and maybe on a grander scale, but like when we boil it down, I'm trying to show you how to build a community. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, the, like, and from scratch on the reader side, like yep. it's so like, sit back and be critical of it, but, you know, see what you can learn because it's no different for you yeah. as a, as an author to, to build a reader community. It may be more virtual than what we're doing, but this is what you need to do.
0: Yeah. And, and not necessarily if you do go to more of the, the these types of conventions where you are signing or doing more things, but at least it's a, a starting point for sure. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk. I think you mentioned some of the specifics, but let's talk about it just in case my listeners are wanting to double check and make sure that they know what they're doing. Will the price of the conference change, or will will it be roughly the same as it has been with the Twenty Books Group?
1: Yeah, so we're our basic ticket, which is our you know our general visa. We're having this whole kind of like Author Nation travel theme thing we're doing. And Love it. Visas <laughs> and passports <laughs> and itineraries Tool. and you know, also shell used to be in the travel industry. So it's like, Oh, well that
0: makes sense then. Yeah. yeah. Plus it has so, a great brand to it. That's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So three ninety nine ninety nine 99 is going to be that same ticket that you would have gotten no matter what, which gets you, you know, the, the five days of the show. So we're, you know, the industry day, then Tuesday through Thursday is the author education piece and then the Friday rave. So you yep. can walk rave as, you know, a participant. There's extra costs, just like there's always been if you want a table at Rave or if you want an industry table. There's the same thing. There's industry guests, which is still $399.99. If you're somebody who wants to come to the show as an industry guest, you've got stuff to sell, or you want to talk to authors about you know your products, that's how we would like you to come that way. And both of those include all the live stuff. And then we're going to have video. So we're going to produce, we're going to re- still record sessions. We're not going to live stream in 2024. I know a lot of people are not thrilled with that idea, but I have to pick my battles. And that was the entire team was like, this is the hardest thing we have to deal with. Let's not do this. So we're not now that means if you're used to doing the virtual event, it's not going to be the same, but you're still going to be able to get those videos. Our expectation is because we're just recording now, we should be able to deliver a higher quality product there. And we will have some type of virtual Q&A stuff built around that when those videos come out. But so we're kind not of like Anchor's be...
0: con when they do their digital launch. Exactly. Like, Perfect. i exactly. oh, got it. Anchor's, okay. so,
1: uh, this is not new. This, is, this nope. is what most people do. And understand this, like when, when we made this decision as a team to like, we're not doing this. Last year, they had 688 people that were virtual. Wow. That's bigger than any other conference that I right?
0: know of. Yeah
1: right so that's that from a from an economic standpoint if i just raised the price which probably would have kept like th- that's what i walked away with walked away from why because i want to get the live event to be amazing i want to honor my team and say hey you guys said this i hear you we're not doing it that doesn't yep. mean we can't do it 25 do it right and do it the author nation way we just we we have to, you know, start somewhere. (laughs) You got to start
0: somewhere and know where where your limitations are for sure. Yeah.
1: And, and I, (laughs) I, you know, and I, and I, I, I do believe it's a solvable problem, but I, I just, it's not going to be solved right away. So that covers the industry ticket, the general admission ticket, and then the digital ticket. We're still figuring out what the digital ticket price is going to be. It's going to be more than what it was in the past. I I guarantee that. Um, Sure. And we're not going to be putting videos out on YouTube for free. We've had yep. concerns about how that's done. And for some folks that are bringing content, they're not going to give us their best content if we're just going to be throwing it out on YouTube. Um, then we do we are going to have what we call our special visa, which is going to be $100 more. And it's going to allow you to have preferential seating at that Thursday event with kevin smith because we will sell out that room on that day nice um so some people have been concerned about well that kind of creates an elitist thing i guess it does get
0: Every your ticket community... fast
1: then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean this is the funny thing is people forget like the show moved because it sold out like there was yeah. a lot of people that couldn't come to the show in was it 18 and 19 i think so or yeah 19. right before covid yeah yeah yeah, yep. it's sold out in 10 minutes, right? And then we move to this bigger event. And so if I have it where I can, and, and part of this thing is being able to sell those preferential seats, I'm not worried about selling them to necessary to authors. I'm trying to get the people uh, that are readers to come and pay for those seats. Mm-hmm. And I want to know who they are because if they're prepared to pay extra money for a seat and I can identify those people for you, that these are these high value readers, right? Then I can go find more of them. Right. Right. This is like price discrimination. You know, it it may upset some people's socialist values, but there's a purpose for it in a market economy is that I can say, Hey, these people will pay us more money for things. Let's find more like them. Right. (laughs) So we don't have to discount stuff. Right.
0: Right. Right. Um, Will there be like, um, special, like a couple of seats set aside for those like scholarship type people too, or is it only going to be for people who are paying the extra price?
1: Oh no. So if you're, if if you're in a scholarship, so if you're a scholarship or you buy a general admission, like those tickets will get you into the room, right? Mm -hmm. Like you may not have the preferential seats. Yep. Uh, but you'll like anybody that we sell a ticket to will be guaranteed to have a seat in that room. Right. Got it. Okay. Um, now there, there was some talk about maybe some people needing accommodations because of things. Well, we'll make accommodations. I mean, it's a big room. There's yeah. um, th- th- that, that's not, you know, something that was really on our radar. Now that it is, we'll, we'll resolve it. It's not a big deal. But if you, you know, there are authors that are going to say, I want, I want to buy 10, seats in that section. And I want, you know, I want to be here and I want nine of those for my, my super fans. And I'm, I'm inviting super fans and I'm going to make a contest out of this for people on my list to come. And we're like, because their dream is to sit with me and watch Kevin Smith tell dirty jokes. (laughs) Right.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's what a great for way everybody. to build
0: your community up. <laughs> right. Like that's the
1: whole, like we're trying to facilitate stuff that you can't do. That's like, oh, this is really cool. And like, and, and if you're not able to do that, that's something for you to aspire to. It's also understanding that when you do have a table at rave, you may be able to pick up some of that person's fans. Right. If you're in the same right. genre, it's like, you know, they're not super fans aren't dedicated. Like this is, I only read this person's books. They're like, I love this guy's books. Are yours like him? Right. Because he doesn't write fast enough for me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I got, I like to read many
0: books. Yeah. 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 Right. So that's
1: that's the whole thing here is like, and I've had super big authors have been at events and they're like, you, I, you're like, I sell a lot of books and there's this other guy who sells a lot of books and there's, a Venn diagram where there's these people in that that we are haven't read either him or me, right? Like so yeah. this is perfect, right? Because we are alike and we do have the same kind of tone in our books. And we write so that's the idea is that you know, we're not competing. You don't have to worry that somebody's doing better than you. That's just gonna steal your joy. Focus in on like, oh, what can I learn from this person? What can I do to, to serve his fans? in a great way that would make them my fans.
0: Right, right. I love that. Okay, so to be clear too, this is going to be still held at the Horseshoe Horseshoe um, Casino. Yes, Or yes. or whatever.
1: Yeah, um, so it's called will, the Horseshoe now.
0: Will it be staying there once the three years are up or are you just like committing only to these three years?
1: We'll evaluate what we're going to do you know, now we're kind of getting in kind of inside baseball here. It's like Sir. first year, right. Like first, first year. I, I got to pull the show off, figure it out. Yeah. And, and not lose my shirt. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Let's make and, sure
0: we're still standing. Come the end. Yeah, of the right? Yeah. All right.
1: Um, November 16th. Well, there'll be, is the day of reckoning is like how everything, right. how it all adds up. Right. So, <laughs> and that'll give me information because if we attract um, the the level of readers that I think we can, we have to think about expansion. Now, the Sorry. cool thing about Caesar's Palaces and that specific hotel is, what, one is the Horseshoe has more space in it than even Caesar's Palace does for convention. That's why the World Series of Poker is there. When they expand it into Paris, so We can go, we'll probably start using some of the space in Paris over the next few years, mainly on the reader day, because we can expand into that and then contract down where we go in the future. That'll be informed by how this show is scaling. I'm, I'll say this. I think Vegas is a, is a, a really, really good location for the show. Because it's a destination location and it's cheap for a lot of people to get to. I know some folks are like, I don't like a smoky casino. And I... these are trade offs we make. Right?
0: Yep. Yep.
1: I could move this to, I could move this to, to win and the air would smell like jasmine. <laughs> and you would pay $400 a night for a room. Right.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And the ticket would now be a thousand bucks. Right. Like that's part of this thing that we have to figure out how we're going to deal with, because, because it, you know, maybe it does move out of Vegas. Maybe it moves out of a casino. I do know that we're already limited, just forgetting about the reader event, but just the size we are now, we're limited in the places we can go. Sure. There's not many places that can take 2000 people.
0: Great. It's a big, big group. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like there's, there's, um, it's the Virgin Hotel. It used to be the old Hard Rock that they re- remodeled. Okay, it's beautiful. It's got these outdoor spaces. We can't go there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We sell out the hotel block. Sure. Yeah. The wow. the room they don't have this like so we've already kind of looked at some of these things there so there's only certain casinos you know certain places that are capable of handling that size group.
0: That does not surprise me at all. Okay, so for my listeners, what are the dates for sure? Of like this year's conference, November what?
1: So it's November 11th through the 15th, 2024. So that's the Monday through the um, Friday. With how we plan on doing things, you're going to want to probably come in Sunday night because um, we're going to start Monday morning. We're going to it'll be a later start, but our plan is is to do opening ceremony in that event center. And then move, the vendor day will actually be in the other space where, for those of you who have been there, where we have the salon and the silver and the gold room, we can fold those walls back. So the idea being is we can bring people in, bring them into the event center, which is the biggest space, have them kind of network and hang out as people are checking in, do our opening ceremony. That gives the vendors time to get their stuff set up and we go later into the day. So we're going to be using that space in a different way where it's going to, we're trying, we're trying to recreate some of the feel that we had at Sam's town. Okay. Where it's, it's always funny because I've been to all of them. Right. And, and I, and I agree with this, like a a lot of the magic happened in those first conferences in the atrium, hanging around that bar. Okay. It was a dump. Like (laughs) Let's just be real. Like it was not, it wasn't some magical bar. Like it was small. It closed around midnight, and like every hour on the hour after eight o'clock, there was a laser light show with eagles screeching, right? <laughs> but what it was, it was a place for people to hang out and network. So how can we do that? So like you know, I, I and and I had that same issue, and a lot of people even before that they they the show happened knew I was taking over the show. And we we're like, oh, that's something I miss. Now, it's going to be harder to recreate because, you know, first year we were there, it was 250 people. Then it was 500 people. Now we're at 2,000 people. Or 18, 1,860 people last year. I'll be Jeez. 2,000 next, right? Yep. But having a space where you guys know that it's authors hanging out and there's cocktails and drinks and stuff to do and some some kind of stuff that and goes later into the evening. So we're going to be doing... We're going to have space like that, more social space, and we're also going to have some writing space too. So um, that's
0: cool. That's really cool. Yeah,
1: I mean it, it's Nano month. We got to be having I know right putting words on paper.
0: Right, Troy right? was always hanging out in the the little like coffee bar area every time I yeah. saw him. <laughs> yeah.
1: So th- th- we'll take one of those palace rooms and we'll do like before. We might we might need it for some of the sessions, but certainly before and after hours, we'll have. We're going to be looking to have like actual writing sprints and some of that maybe genre based stuff where people can go, because I think for authors, that might be a really good recharge alternative is not necessarily go squirrel away in your room, but Mm -hmm. go into a quieter room where there's, you know, five to 10 authors and you're doing 20 minute writing sprints for an hour.
0: Right. Yeah. That'd be a really a good way to kind of like get things back out of your head for a bit, <laughs> even if yeah, you're just taking yeah. notes, writing down thoughts from the the sessions instead of writing your. Because there was no way, like there, I would not have been able to hold my thoughts for my books during that week. So I I like put my nano stuff on hold just for the week that I was in Vegas, and it was like, Whoa. <laughs> but yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but you know, again, like if we're talking about what makes a successful writer, is you know, show starts at say it starts at nine. And, Get get up at eight and get your words in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, doesn't matter sure. you're at a show. Get your words in. Yeah,
0: that, that's
1: that's discipline. That's what makes you know separates good from great, right? So
0: absolutely. Let, okay. So when do when do tickets go on sale for the show? So tic-
1: tickets go on sale. Um, I keep looking at my calendar up here, uh, January sixth. Okay. Um, so they'll go on. Uh, and, not far. The, no, we're it's right around the corner. We'll we'll have a sales page up soon, and and will all be ready to go.
0: Awesome. Okay, so speaking of that, when the doors open, where do they go? How do they get on the wait list? How do they get signed yeah. up? Where do they go?
1: So the best thing to do is go to authornation.live. That's our our domain right now. It's just a landing page where you can sign up to get on our mailing list. That will get you early notice about tickets and make sure that you're knowing about everything. It's also the way that we're sending out a series of emails to kind of help socialize some of the ideas and some of the changes. Um, So you're going to get the best information there. And then um, if you have any questions, you just hit reply and it's going to go to me and either I or somebody on the team is going to answer that question. Most likely it'll be me.
0: Well, awesome. I'm really excited about this. I can't wait to, to see how things go this year and well, next year. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Joe. Thanks for sharing all of the information about this and Advantage. And we're going to have to have you back on the show to talk about Advantage and, and some of the concepts and all of that, but in attention. Um, yeah. So thank you for being here. Thank you.
1: Thank you. This has been fun.
0: Well, there you have it. If you have not been convinced as of right now about how awesome and epic Author Nation is going to, I guess, take this conference, how 2024 is going to be the kickoff of something pretty spectacular. My friend, you are not listening. (laughs) You need to go back and re-listen to this podcast episode. I am so excited to be joining. I'm hoping to be there this year, possibly as a speaker. 20 Books Vegas was fun as it was. And so being a part of something new, being you know, in that flagship conference is going to be pretty powerful. But even if I don't get asked, even if that doesn't happen, what I'm looking forward to is going back and seeing how this version looks different. So my goal, my plan as of right now is that Colin and I will absolutely be in Vegas again in 2024. We are going to make the trip and we are going to see just how much this particular conference is different, right? I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled to have been able to finally talk with Joe, not only because of this conference, but because, like I said, I was reading his book, Advantage, and I wanted to get him on to talk about this concept of community and cumulative advantage and how, you know, having this readership will be so powerful for authors to, you know, leverage and and how other authors are killing it. Like I was talking with Katie Cross, and Katie is the one that actually. Introduced me to the book of Advantage. Like I've known, you know, of Joe Solari for a long time. He's been in the author's circles for a long time, right? But I didn't know about the book, and so I'm thrilled to be able to like put some of what he has said to use. So I'm excited to see when Attention comes out. I am checking out his the Game of Cults that he actually has on his website right now, which is his conversation that will eventually turn into Attention. So I'm looking forward to like digging through that over like winter break for like when the kids are on vacation and whatnot. But just I'm so excited, you know, to have this conversation with Joe to be able to understand how Author Nation is going to take over such big boots, you know, so even though they're not the same, it's not going to be run the same. I'm someone who's always okay with that, right? I'm I love change. I love to see things mixed up and shaken up. I mean, you'd know that anyway, just by listening to this podcast, because I like to see new things coming. I like to see that transformation effect for whatever reason. It's like, it just makes me happy. And so it'll be cool to see how things play out. It'll be cool to see, you know, what happens from here on out and, you know, 2024, man, it, it kicks it all off. And so I'm thrilled to be a part of this, no matter how it plays out, it's going to be so much fun. And I think that you should definitely put it on your calendar, January 6th, remind yourself tickets are going to go on sale and it's going to be so much fun to be at this conference. Don't miss out. All right. Good. All right. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you'd like to download the transcript, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 214 and you can get it there. And of course, I will include links to Author Nation. I will include links to Joe Solari and his books. All the things that will be there to be able to like check it out and and play around with, okay? All right. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful rest of your year. Of course, we do have one more podcast for 2023 coming out next week. But just in the meantime, have a wonderful Christmas and holiday season. Enjoy some time with your friends and family. Take some time off if you need to, right? This is a time where it's okay to take a little bit of a seat back do some introspection, do some reflection on how your year has gone, and just enjoy the process. All right? Go forth and start your author revolution. Okay, indie author, Carissa Andrews with Author Revolution here. We need to have a chat. I know you want to build a sustainable long-term author career, but you can't do it just by wishing for it. It would be nice, yes, but alas, you gotta do the work. By that I mean you need to reframe the way you look at your author business so that you can write and publish more frequently. With Rapid Release Roadmap, my signature online course, I'll help you learn not only how to make writing and publishing four books a year seem easy, but I'll help you master your prolific author mindset so that you can clear away all the negative self-talk that's holding you back. Trust me, I have been there. To learn more about Rapid Release Roadmap, head over to rapidreleaseroadmap.com. Over there, I'll give you all the insights on what you'll find inside the course Plus, I walk you through all of the bonuses you're going to get based on the payment option you choose. And yes, there are some good ones in there, even if I say so myself. Once again, head over to rapidreleaseroadmap.com to learn more and sign up today.